Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, yo? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 96 of Beer and the Podcast. And today, it's a lot of episodes, no? 96? I know, it went really quickly. Of, uh, yeah, I don't know it's if I've lot. done anything 96 times. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of beer, good a lot of great brewers. Thank you, yeah. sir. So we're here in gorgeous Niagara-on-the-Lake at yeah. Silverton Brewery with Chris, co-founder. Yep. Mate, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for Really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for coming over. Thank you for your time. We are uh, here on the patio. Yep. It's uh, jamming today. It is jamming. As you can hear. It's going to get more jamming. As it's going to be interesting as the day goes. Yeah. So uh, get used to the noise, people. That's right. Um, so we have this, uh, before we get into your beer story, because sure. I am very curious. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll start with the first beer. We have this rainbow of... Uh, rainbow of deliciousness? Yeah. That's a good episode name, Rainbow I'm of Deliciousness. It's yeah, like so a walking, yeah, tag, be. A walking tagline over here. Yeah. Every five minutes. Like, yeah. Write it down. That's um, gold. That's gold. <laughs> I can see why you're the, uh, you're the man in charge around here, mate. That's why I get paid. I don't get paid. <laughs> the big but bug. I should get you paid the big You bug. should. Yeah. We're going to take it to the board. All right. Now that we're filming this, though. We'll send it in the tape. Visual proof. Yeah, there right? Go. Yeah. There you go. Um, which one should we start with? We're going to start with the wheat beer. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. got it. Right here. Yeah, Cheers. Man. Cheers, man. Yes. Pleasure. What's this one called? This is a Bavarian breakfast wheat beer. Straight up just what it is. Bavarian. Oh, nice. Nice and uh, zesty, if I may. It is zesty. Yeah, I it's want clovesy. You want clovesy? You know what? Legend. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Yeah, this was one of our originals. I'll run to the OGs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bavarian? Breakfast wheat beer. Breakfast wheat beer. Why is it a breakfast wheat beer? Uh... Mostly because that's what we called it. We thought it was fruity and went well for breakfast. It's still kind of breakfasty, right? It is a little breakfasty. Mm. Yeah, you got some banana and cloves going on there from the weed and definitely uh, and the asters. Bit hazy. I like that it's uh, unfiltered as well. That isn't um, the wheat beers can they kind of like you go either way. Everything's unfiltered. Everything's unfiltered. All of it. Hell yeah. Yeah. We did a good job getting this one nice and Yeah, we get great clarity, but that's just hard work. That's just hard. Yeah, <laughs> Just patience that gets that. I respect yeah, yeah. that. Um, yeah. So, Chris, I want to know what's up with your beer story. So, you're before before the pub, how'd you get into beer? What's going oh, on? That's funny. I'm doing this whole branding thing right now. I'm writing our original, our origin story is all very fresh. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's great timing. It's right here for me. So, in 2005, my co-founder and I, his name is Matt Swan. Okay. He... Uh, we got into my 95 Corolla and took a road trip to Vegas. That's a long way yeah. in a 95 Corolla. It is. Yeah. Yeah. With rolled down windows and fritzy AC. Uh, yeah, it was Survived. a climbing trip. Okay. Actually, to Red Rocks. And uh, we were at our desert campsite and came into town, hit the Whole Foods, nice. and uh, we were going to pick up some beer to head back, and there was 
it was like Beer Wonderland. Right. In 2005 in Ontario, beer oh, was kind of damn meh, pretty yeah. ordinary. Yeah. But there, the, it had to be 60 feet and 8 feet high of room. All beers that I'd never seen right. or heard of. Every single one of them was new. Right. And so we had filled the cart and I uh, went back to the campsite and drank beer for two days. And uh, that's how the idea got started. And then in 2010, Matt went to, back to Toronto and I came down to take a job at Brock. And, my wife and I had opened up a B&B downtown here in Niagara on the Lake and it, like it just struck me that there were 38 wineries and no beer right. not one brewery and what year was that? that was in 2010 2010 so yeah. there's no breweries here in 2010 None. Jeez. okay and then uh, so I started looking into it and doing a little bit more research and I phoned Matt up and I said do you think we could do beer do you think we could make beer like we had in Vegas when right. you do it in Niagara and uh, he thought we could so he moved down here and uh, then the whole thing a whole series of very fortunate events just kind of unfolded right so uh, before I just cut you off briefly yeah were either of you like brewers or yeah, had any yeah, I was beers gonna get to that so oh, okay. no no we don't make the beer I don't know how to make beer uh, but my brother's buddy Dan knew how to make beer right so I'm pitching that idea to my brother he said you should vote Dan he went to Harriet Watt uh, to do his masters in brewing and distilling so I send Dan an email Dan says no I'm in uh, Spain at a malting facility so we're disappointed but not you know so we're not downtrodden yet and we're looking for a building at that point because our whole thing was that we wanted to do character beers okay distinct unique stuff um not necessarily brand spanking new, mm -hmm. but distinctive. And we wanted a, a, a building that was going to reflect that. Hmm. So, um, this place used to be an antique store. Right. And so I was in here, and we were looking around, my wife and I, and I said, this is the building we need. Piles of, I don't know how you could brew beer in here, yeah. but this building has piles of character, and it's so, it's got such a great feeling, a great vibe. And, right. And, uh, the guy at the counter asks what we're talking about. Turns out he owns the place. We tell him our plan. This is in August of 2011, mm -hmm. and in November we had bought it. Wow. And Did in, you have to talk him into it, or was he like... He was like, you know what, I'm thinking about retiring. And it wasn't much of a talking into, no. Because he's probably already like... He's yeah, thinking about it, and he, they were in love with the building and wanted it to, you know, something like great to happen to it. Yeah. And... Uh, they were all for brewing and that guy coincidentally is from Holland and grew up my father's also from Holland and they grew up like five minutes away from each other over there so that story was very coincidental and weird and like within 24 hours of getting our hands in the building Dan we'll go back to Dan the guy who makes yes. the beer he phones me and says, my dad has heard his back on the farm and now I'm here if you still want help. <laughs> wow, so it, was like, so it wasn't disinterested before, just bad timing. Just bad timing. And then, wow. So we brewed our first four batches of beer on the pilot system at Niagara College. And uh, the wheat beer was one of them that we're sipping right now. And the black lager. And we did a brown ale and a Russian Imperial Stout. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's so a nice this, little lineup. Not just original story, but original beer to go with it. That's fantastic. Um, that's crazy. I've heard a lot of really, really positive things about um, Niagara College being really helpful to up-and-coming yeah. um, breweries and brewers yep. in general. They are. There's a guy there, he's still there, named John Downing, and John is just... 
he makes breweries happen. He's opened hundreds of them, like in old castles, uh, on U.S. Uh, naval like Navy carriers. They built one. Uh, I think he did the. I think he did the brewery up Pearl Harbor. Like he's done. No messing All around. Kinds. And who's he? He's the like. The he's main, one of the brewers at the like main dudes brewer. at right. Niagara College. He's a teacher. Oh. And teacher as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Usually they do a bit of both, right? They actually yep. brew the beer that they sell and yep. then help the kid. The, the yeah, he job. works on I think a lot with students to do recipe development and get them using the equipment and get that's beer out the other end. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. And that's how this. Happened. Right, so then late 2011, you've got a brewer, you've got a space, yep. you've been doing pilot brews. Yep. I guess you have to do a lot of construction here, you have to gut the place to a degree. Yeah, we did most of the work ourselves on the church. Yeah. And then the addition that yeah. now has is all the, the brew house and the fermentation vessels, that was done by a local contracting it's like company. Tacton? Yeah, to the side. We can I didn't go take a look after. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, a, it's a very modern kind of building. Right. The whole front wall is glass. Right. So no. the road. So if you walk out front you can see the brewery. You can right. watch them work. That's it. Neat. They can't slack off. They can't slack off. <laughs> I like that. And they always have to wear pants. <laughs> uh, I guess there's OHS. There's, there's a downside to everything <laughs> when you put in windows. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So when did this bad boy actually open his doors? Canada Day 2012. Jeez, you are not messing around. So that would have been like solid seven months, eight months of yeah, yeah. construction, which is in Canadian winter. Even though, I mean, maybe you're not digging ground, but it's still yeah, not the funnest. We were brewing beer at Barley Days in Picton. Nice. Because Dan's buddy Al Nichols, they went to school together. And so we did the beer. We were brewing the beer there and bringing it down here. And we were serving beers out of a converted um, chest freezer. Oh yeah, like yeah. the the keyses or whatever they call them, like the the old school ones. It's like the old school. Ones. Yeah. Like that big, we drill holes in the top yeah. and put in draft towers, and we were throwing kegs in there, and we put up some fold-out tables, and my sister-in-law stood up front with a sign that said "cold beer," and that's how it happened. That's it. And we were in the beginning only open on Saturdays and Sundays because we were working on it. So every Friday was like clean the place up day. People would come over, and then on Monday we. would Start tearing it apart again, and, and just keep working. But keep at least going. you're able to get yeah. enough uh, open enough yeah. to get money in the. In the and north. you know what, local people like we still talk about those times because they yeah. participated in it. People are like they would come specifically just to see what we got done that week. Wow, <laughs> drink beer. Do they still just, they still come through? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've got people who were here on Canada Day. Right. Like so they were here when it kind of feels like this is the type of place that would have that level of loyalty, I guess. Yeah, we get a lot of loyalty. I guess if you're the first in the area too, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Hey, you gotta celebrate the small wins. This is a cheers to hey, being first. Cheers to being first, Chris. And best. <laughs> the, <laughs> the best. We got all of this. It's like, I don't know, it's about five episode titles in the last few minutes. Right? I know, it's, it's, it's a lot to write down. So if you, ever, if you hear something, which you will, I don't want to keep interrupting. We should record this. We should record this. It's not a bad idea. You never know what I might say. <laughs> um, so then. Okay, the place is open. Now, yeah. how did, uh, so like, I guess from then till now, how's that sort of been? What's changed? Oh my God. Like, I guess everything? What's stayed the same? Be a shorter mm. list. You know what's been the same all along is the, our commitment to the black lager. That really is a big deal for us. Yeah. Like, we brewed this beer, and obviously yeah, in Ontario... You next? Yeah, you want to yeah. try it next? Yes, sir. Because it's next because it's actually the, light, the next lightest. Right. 
even which in is, colorways. So. Yeah, blows people away still. Cheers. Oh, cheers, man. Yeah. To the lightest, darkest beer you've yeah, ever, ever had. Ever. We were actually in town, the one whenever I was telling when we came here and was out the door, they couldn't get in. Yeah. So because people like begged me, you know, like get the black lager. So yeah. I just came in, just grabbed the bottle. And yeah. It's a special my, beer. This is fantastic. It's so good. Yeah. But that one took, I think that was probably the biggest oh, okay. leap we took was to say, we're going to make a black lager, our flagship beer as a startup brewery. Right. It takes a lot longer to make a, a lager than an ale. Yes, it does. So now you can get fewer batches out. So economically, it creates you know more pressure and some more challenges. But we feel still that we're sitting on you know, the eureka moments of beer, yeah. which don't happen very often. No. I mean, so I'm at this this the Commons Market at Fort George on Sunday, and uh, they sell like vintage antique stuff. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm. We've got this beer and a watermelon grapefruit beer. And this retired couple comes up and they said, what do you have this light? And I poured her some black water and I said, that's what I have this light. She said, but it's black. She said, no, she right. says it's dark. I said, it's not dark, it's black. It's jet black. She's holding up the light. I'm like, sunlight will not come through. It's black. Um, but it's super light and refreshing. Try it. If, you don't, if you're not into it, you don't have to buy it. I won't be offended. So she drank it and he drank it and they ordered two and then they came back and had two more. Wow. And every single day in this place, there's somebody that goes, wow, that is not what I was expecting. Like, right. you, you could set your watch by it. That right. At some point today, someone's going to say those exact words. And that's really, like, I live for that. Because that's the commitment, you know, our biggest issue is that is not product. The biggest issue is education, is trying to get liquid to lips so that, that people have a chance to get blown away. Because yeah. it really is a revelation for most, most one that it is isn't Guinness. Yeah. Um, and then it has nothing to do with the stout. Uh, it confuses people, yeah. and they you start telling them about it, and it, it really is a great opportunity to, to educate people, and it grows the market, like yes. for real grows the market. This is this is a beer that wasn't there before, and Definitely. now we're one of the great black lager regions of the world. Yeah, right. In, in the Niagara on the Lake, Niagara, because of this beer. Yeah. How did how did it come about? Like, who where did the idea come from? Dan. Dan. So yeah. he was like, hey, hear me out. Yeah, when Pretty I was much. in school, I was in this little town in eastern Germany where this recipe was born, and I tried this beer, and I want to see if I can do it. Okay. Like and a, did a black you... light beer. Right. And so we did it. And when we tried it, we're like, oh, this beer is awesome. And then we got together with all the other people who were involved, and we said, this is the beer that's going to change the way people drink beer in Ontario. And they were like, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> So, you know, it represented a real risk. It took a lot of boldness to be able to take a black beer to market. Right. One, because people have all these assumptions about it. So, um, we've overcome that down here. Yeah, We sell definitely. 90% of our beer is black lager, and 90% right. of it is sold like before you get to Grimsby. Right. So, so you don't really distro like heavy, well at least this beer. Or at all, period. We distribute it to LCBOs. Yeah. I think we're in like 50 or 60 LCBOs now. But it's not a focus? Uh, it is now, yeah. Only help. because we have the volume to distribute. And then we're in licensees, but we just... It's sell it out of here, right? Yeah. 
And that was that. That's going to change, though. That's going to change. So that's uh, a great segue. We have a hole in the ground right behind us here. Yep. Uh, it's been in the works since 2016. The hole, we saw it here Yeah, the planning year. since 2016, planning. and then the digging since when you were here. So earlier this year. Yeah. It's yep. going to be wrapped up by the time Santa comes. Christmas. Oh, yes. I hope. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. We're going to go hard in the summer before yeah, the ground yeah, yeah. starts freezing up. That's right. Um, so what are we doing here? We are putting in 3,000 square feet of production space. Nice. Which right now we've got about 1,800 square feet. All right, so you're uh, yeah. jumping up. And the basement's 18 feet deep, so now we do 3,000 liter tanks. Yep. The new tanks will be 6,000 liters, and there'll be yeah. 11 of them, so we can quadruple our capacity. And will most of those be? It'll all be that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll still all be black. Oh, yeah. I betcha. This just this book is what, what it is. Want. Yeah, that's and the one. So and you got to give the people what give the people <laughs> what they want. Oh, that's another good episode. Yeah. Too. And even better though, give the people what they didn't know they wanted. Ooh. Yeah. It's lengthy for YouTube, but you know what? Yeah. We break rules. Yeah. It's, room. it's changing minds. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Um. So on top of that. To, there's a production space. That's right. And then there's going to be a larger, I mean, I'm sure the tap room, the kitchen are just going to be significantly larger as well. Yeah, Everything. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, so the footprint uh, of the main level, the ground floor level, is 2,100 square feet, so it's a little bit smaller. Okay. So people, the parking will be out on top of the brewery. Nice. And then there's 2,100 square feet of new retail and tasting space. Fantastic. And that will house the actual tap room area. Okay. And then above that, it's cantilevered. It's 2,500 square feet, so it kind okay. of cantilevers out over the main floor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we'll be able to do, now we have 50 seats, and when we're finished, we'll have 110. Fantastic. And all of them will be in, attached to this building. Right. And this building, of course, like we were saying earlier, it's going to be actually attached to the new parts that is not. It's, it's like going to be inside the new building. So the other building is going to cover... It's going to encapsulate it. I like that. Yeah. People are super keen on the church. Like, that's what people want to be here for, yeah. for this space. So we've created as, as many additional new seats in here as we can. And then the building originally had a choir loft, but it was converted into a bedroom and then converted again for us into an office. So we're going to actually expand it and put it... So it's going to cantilever. It'll float out into the new, into the new space. Right. And the openings... It's really important for us and our customers to maintain that intimacy in the church. So the openings between the existing church and the new space are very, um, they're, they're small, they're restrained. Right. So, so it just kind of feels like it's a separate space. It will be, have a very separate feeling, yeah. Right. But it'll still be like essentially like there'll be... Excuse me, this will be opened up and then we'll have the larger or an additional same similar size probably like uh, space for seating and eating and stuff like that yeah people won't be seating and eating in that end they won't be? no if you want a growler and you've got a roll then you'll go in there if oh you, so it's kind of like maybe the bottle shop and stuff yeah like the bottle shop will all be down oh, there okay. if you're into like you know you gotta grab some beers and you're on your way to a party you don't have to stand in line at this end and if you want to come and sit down and tuck into some pints you're not like in the same square footage as the people who are standing waiting in line to buy bottles and pay for beer right. so we got a lot of things going on in one spot and we're just going to spread that action out so it's really smart yeah get rid of the bottleneck yeah like what I did there you see that bottleneck bottleneck yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to keep up man because you're just dropping these like bombs on me it's that's the best good. I got yeah. best I got that's I quality that's too bad eh? yeah. that's too bad but this this is phenomenal like when yeah. 
beer gets a, you know, certain beers, certain products when they get hype. It's kind of sometimes it's like you know, often a letdown, and this was not the case at all. I was extraordinarily like, and I, it's kind of worked out a good time. I don't know if, if you as a beer drinker have ever done like I sort of you start off drinking the lighter styles and you start like getting into the nambas and then stouts and pale ales and yeah. then the IPAs and blah 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 and then I don't know about I got heavy I'm still having like the hazy stuff and sours and yeah. and then it's almost like I feel like I've kind of done the full circle and come back to being really like into like pills and dry hot pills and yeah. things like this and this came at a time when I'm sort of coming back into that yeah. I'm not sure if it was that but haven't had it for months and this is just uh, it is it's a special beer it's yeah. very very cool we don't get too crazy we just somebody wrote something the other day uh, on TripAdvisor about us and it said something like nothing stupid just really good beer <laughs> nothing stupid <laughs> just really good beer that's, a, that's also like, another good episode yeah. like huh I get that because for a while there I don't know, maybe the last two years, it was all about, like, But the crazy stuff. Yeah, and it just kept getting more and more hops, and we only make an IPA as part of our limited release series, and so we didn't get on with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, as much as there's lots of innovation to be done in beer, there's literally thousands of recipes that are, that are hundreds of years old that got left by the wayside for no good reason at all. Right. Only because they were like, the ingredients were expensive or they were hard to make. And so the majors, you know, prohibition was the perfect time to get rid of all that. Right. And yeah. the books are filled with these great beers that people haven't had a chance, haven't had a crack at. Right. And, and I'm really interested in those. Okay. You know, like, beers with history with character that that earned a spot in the book you know that's fair. Yeah. some of the some of the stuff we're seeing now it's not going to make the book you know that's very true some of them are definitely we, we talk about that often some of them are going to be like it's hot for six months 12 months two years maybe and then you'll never see it again yeah and then there's others that are just going to be around yeah like beers with uh, where they put like a roasted chicken in the kettle like i don't think we're going to see that in the do you know I did see it? I don't know if that's gonna make the. I don't know if that's gonna make the book. <laughs> you never know. You know the beer history book. I saw a chicken twisties beer in Australia. So there's this, there's this Aussie like, <laughs> they basically put you know like goza's got sea salt in it. They put chicken salt. Okay. In a goza to, to mimic a flavor of a chicken like a, it's a chip. It's like the yeah. like a Cheetos type of thing. Yeah. I've been to Australia. Australia. Oh, so you know the you know twisties? I know what you're talking. Yeah, you know chicken twisties. Yeah, they yeah. make chicken twisties beer. That's a cool like weird, but it's. But salty and beer are right. You don't like goza? Mm, I love gozas. Oh, you yeah. love gozas? We did chicken goza salting, a couple of yeah. years ago. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's in the German style. Like It's, it's definitely on brand. Yeah. Um, why did you guys decide to make these sorts of beers? Like, was there, like, was it was that dance brewing style? Was that sort of a, maybe you a direction? German style, you mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, why, why, why nothing stupid? Like, why aren't you doing, why, why did you choose to sort of go more traditional style of, of beers as opposed to modern trendy stuff or whatever it is? Which, I'm not saying you're not doing that, because I think one of these ones is like a, a watermelon something, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's not completely, but, you know, I guess it would you... How would you say it's arguably German style predominantly? Yeah. Ish? It kind of has turned out that way. Yeah. But no, but not by any deliberate design. Okay. I mean, three years ago, almost four years ago in October, uh, John Legasic became our head brewer. Okay. And he went to school with Dan, 
Yeah. And remember Al from early in our story who brewed yes. at Barley Days? Yes. They're all classmates together. They graduated from Harriet Watt. Right. Well, what's and Harriet Watt? Sorry, I haven't heard Harriet of Harriet Watt is the only English-speaking university where yeah. you can get a degree in brewing and distilling. Is that in Germany? It's in Scotland. In Scotland? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I know a lot of brewers go to the... There's one in like Germany somewhere. Yeah. And there's Siebel in Chicago or whatever, yeah. but then... This is a master's degree program. So like you a have serious have, master program. You have to have four years of undergraduate in science, biology, chemistry. Right. So you know, if, you get in, if you're doing this course, you're not messing around. It's for reals. <laughs> Plural. Or, or faux reals. F-O Whatever the kids are saying. It's hard to keep up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I think they're fascinated by history and the challenge. A lot of those beers are not easy to make. Yeah. Um, historically speaking, I mean, we have got some beers here, like our Gold Nail Itcher, but like this is unfiltered, man. Like that is not easy to do. Yeah. That is a, a big challenge, and an IPA to John uh, represents a much. It's just a less challenging product. I mean, hmm. you're cre- you're deliberately creating beers that aren't balanced. Right. Uh, and so it's going to... Bowser's important? <laughs> yeah. He wants to create... They want to create well-balanced beers. Right, right. Um, because that's what brewers are supposed to do. And um, it's funny because none of our... All of our beers are subtly unconventional. So like right. we do a gold nail, for example. But it has... It's a very Canadian gold nail. There's a bag of rye malt in there. Nice. Uh, that gives it a spiciness that is not normal right speaking of John Legasic this is him this yes, is our head brewer how you doing mate great Made conversation John, John good to meet you man you take a seat you want to sit in the shade buddy? you want to come over can come around there uh, yeah. yeah does this normally happen to join you don't really you know what it's like more fun this way, way yeah. not our guest no. the guest the guest no. yeah so this is no, exciting. I like it. What's the best come place on to like sit? Um, you want to come? Is that a good spot there? Is that going to be blocked? No, because you get blocked by the rail, so it might be good. Maybe come in next to yeah. uh, yeah. Come on next in here. Hey, okay, do you know what? Put this chair there. We'll swap. It's all warmed up for you. They asked a question, John, that I couldn't answer. Why do we make these kinds of beers? It's a good segue. Couldn't answer that. Why do we make? You tell me what to do. Sort of the German styles. But that wasn't by any kind of deliberate design that we were doing German styles. And they're not all German styles. Yeah, the first two really, right? Like yeah. the Black Lager and the Wheat Beer. Oh, actually the Dan Buster creates. Do we, does he do require something. an introduction? Oh, you know, maybe you should. Do you want to give should me Should we a, do that? Yeah, why not? I think you should do it. You're the host. That's true. Yeah. Well, so John, you're the head brewer. Yep. We were actually just talking about your... I guess the style of brewing. His style? Yeah, his style. Maybe we're going to catch John up on where we were at. So we covered... Cargo pants and um, rubber boots. Chris's brewing history. Oh, well, not brewing history. Like how Chris got into beer, how the place came to be, um, how things have uh, sort of grown over the years. And we were talking about how uh, Silversmith definitely do like anything stupid. Like, you know, none of the sort of trendy, for lack of a better word. You know, the haze, the sours, as much, or any of that type of stuff. So we were just sort of discussing what the where that came from. Why have you guys chosen to sort of go in this more traditional sort of path um, for brewers? So potentially, as we as we asked that, thing, as we talked about that, you came in. So it's kind of good time. Um, yeah, I don't know. My uh, 
I guess, like, personally, I just sort of... Uh, personally like more sort of conservative styles myself. Um, I've always thought, you know, that... Uh, I mean, there's a place for, for like, flavored beers and like that, but... Um, I've always thought it's, it's harder to make beers that aren't flavored, you know, that don't have... Um, a dom something dominant that sort of takes over, right? Yeah. Um, the challenge of making beers that are just a little more uh, conservative or traditional or whatever you want to call it uh, has sort of always appealed to me. Mm -hmm. And I personally like drinking them. Um, I just I like uh, I like beers that taste like beer. Um, personally, so, um, <laughs> I get that, I hear that a lot these days. Yeah. Other beers don't taste like beer. Well, I think that tastes are coming back around again. They are. It's full you know? circle. I mean, but they have their place. I mean, sure. I, and I, like, I like a, a fruity beer from time to time, right? Uh, but not a go-to thing for me personally. Um, I just kind of like the stuff that's a little more straightforward, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of boring. Now, right? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I don't think it's boring at all. It's, it's like what I've noticed is the best breweries often their range and the way they are, they approach beer is comes from the passion and the palate of the owners and those making the decisions and i think that's the best because if you were like i, I always don't really like it too much safer like new england is like the new england style ipas are, are popular and a lot of brewers are like uh, well guess the kids are drinking it so that's what we have to do and then they'll go and make it and it'll be half-assed the beer won't be really that good people will trash it and it's like well but why? Like, if you guys aren't into it, it, it and it's not really on brand, it doesn't make sense. And I just think that's... Uh, so everything you said is definitely... It, well, it's why the, the beers are what they are. And I think it's important. It generally works out well. Yeah, it, I mean, if one thing's a big deal around here, uh, it's integrity. Yeah. We have that conversation at least once a week. <laughs> and right. there's a... And every, everyone finds their line yeah right. you know where you say you know you cross that line and you're like yeah i don't feel good about this anymore this feels like it's not a progression where where we're making a contribution to you know beer mm -hmm. we're just it's just a gimmick to try to get this batch out the door fast so we can make a bunch of money right. like everybody's line there is a little bit different and our line is just a little bit more on that conservative side there right. and especially i mentioned this a minute ago there's just so many great beers that have fallen by the wayside over the last thousand years yeah. for no good reason at all and they have history they have character and background and meaning and stories they have all of that we don't have to make it up and we can access that if we can do it that's the question that's the challenge that's the challenge yeah. um, can we make the hoppiest IPA in the world a little less challenging right. in our minds just right. keep throwing more in like <laughs> it's it's uh, and so that, that that's I think how the, it's evolved but our limited release beers have featured some pretty interesting stuff like we've used strawberry and watermelon and now we've got the grapefruit one on the go um, we have that limited release program where we get a little more adventurous. We've done a horchata porter with vanilla and, and cinnamon and all kinds of different things. But that's that's a Christmas beer. Like it's yeah. it's a celebration for Christmas. Um, but it's one of the reasons why we. You know, people often ask, how come you guys aren't making an IPA? 
because I can recommend like five or six really great IPAs to you right now. Right. But I can't recommend another really great black lager. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, this is it's just not really. We think we make. I mean, part the best of it. One. Part of it too is uh, just where my own like strengths lie right. as a brewer. I haven't commercially brewed a lot of IPA in my career, and they're tricky to do well. Um, it's easy to make a hoppy IPA, but I mean, a hoppy IPA doesn't mean a good IPA. Um, it's very difficult to make a really good, well-balanced IPA. There's that word, right? Well-balanced. There it is again. I, uh, I haven't mastered it by any means, so it's hard to, it's hard to do. Um, other things that maybe I'm a little better at, <laughs> a little more suited to making, right? And that happens to align with the goals of Chris and um, Matt as well. Yeah. So it's kind of what's that really well. It does. So really quick, we can move on to the next one. So I was going to say, you're in the sun. You're looking thirsty. Are yeah. we doing uh, this one? I definitely one? am. Yes. Let's patch you that. And what is this one? Hey. That's what I'm going to do whilst we're doing that one. Thank you for prompting that. Um, what is this one? What's uh, our watermelon? Watermelon? Watermelon and grapefruit. Okay. I personally find more watermelon or more grapefruit rather than watermelon in it. I'm getting I'm definitely in the watermelon. Are you? Oh, I do yeah. too actually. I, I think I've got my taste buds in watermelon. Uh, watermelon fruit. <laughs> I like it. Everybody's got their limited. Oh yeah, we gotta do a photo kitchen. Sorry, John, we have to do all the photos. I'll explain later. Damn. Pow. And what's this one called? What do you call it? Brewer's wine. Brewer's wine. Oh yeah, I saw that. Ooh. Which is true. Okay. Um, the Jamaican thing? Right. I'm not wine dead. I'm just wine. Mm. Well, we work too hard. You don't pay us enough. Another fruit beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Um, so John, just to catch everybody so up. What catch is that? Was that? Was that on? Was that? Yeah, that's oh yeah. That's it's old. Some things you can't take back. <laughs> um, <coughs> do you want to give uh, your personal, um, I guess, how'd you get into beer brewing and then how'd you end up making fantastic beers here? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so I had a, um, originally was, went to school for uh, food science um, and that's how I sort of ended up sort of channeling into beer direct, more directly into brewing because there wasn't a whole lot else in the food line that I was really interested in um, as like as far as food production goes so um, I went over to Scotland and I did a year over there um, learning brewing and distilling that's and all you did while you were there that's it I learned and that was it yeah. I did nothing else nothing Try to oh, learning. very studious <laughs> anything anyone else tells you is a dirty lie <laughs> it's a dirty lie check if that person's name is Chris so yeah, so I, when I came back from there, I went, uh, I moved up uh, to Gray County. Um, I worked at a microbrewery up there called Newstadt Springs. Oh um, yeah. So we were uh, like a pretty small operation. Um, I was the only brewer up there. It was a great place, uh, great place to work. I really enjoyed all my years up there. I was there for six years. Um, big adjustment when I moved up there. It was a small place, small yeah. town, by far the smallest place I'd ever lived. So where is it, Neil? Um, Hanover is yes. the closest town. Um, so it's seven thousand people there. That's okay. where I live. Right. Uh, Newstead, where the brewery was, is a village of five hundred. 
Um, so further from nowhere. The close, the closest place really is Owen Sound, about 45 minutes away. Oh really? Okay, I saw signs I think yesterday. Calling one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way. Generally that. But like in the middle of nowhere, near there. South of there. Yeah. South of there. Land totally landlocked away from the water. So right, so they didn't get the fun far, stuff. Farm country. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, great, great. It was a great place to live. And yeah, I worked up there for six years. Uh, learned a ton. And um, then when I uh, when I moved on, it was uh, to come down here. Um, right. For riches and fame. Yeah. For glory. That's it. The glory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For, uh, fame. <laughs> I've had uh, friends of mine in Bering who who knew Chris, <laughs> and we they, call that guy Dan. They recommended yeah, Dan him earlier. No, he made an appearance earlier. Very story. good with bringing the narrative See? back. Al, what is that? Like a break inside of a break? So yeah, Dan and, and Alex, who used to brew black lager back in the day. Yeah. We we uh, were in Scotland together, learned brewing together. So perfect. They tricked me into coming here, and then once I moved down here, it was too late. It was already over. Yeah. We. Uh, Sold his other house without him knowing, and he couldn't go back. That's it. Hold it. Hold the mortgage ransom. To success, burn the bridges, <laughs> as they say. The key to success: burn the bridges. That's burn another the bridges. one. Bridges, and you can't go back. We're never gonna be able to choose a name for which Chris keeps coming up with names for the episode. Burn the bridges should not be one of them. No, it should not be that one. Okay, so cut. Scrap that one. Scrap that one. Cut. Cut. Okay. Um, okay, Do you perfect. edit this? The audio, no. The audio, no. no. Oh, great. Yeah. It's more fun that way, right? Well, it's too late now to watch no, what I've you're No, I've done pretty well. Well, well other people will probably be the judge of that. I've been known to say the wrong thing. <laughs> you're that guy, eh? Occasionally. Occasionally? How did that go down for you? I am also a... Like our beer, I have character. Ooh. Maybe, like a... Like, okay. I've only been waiting to say that. Yeah. All day. <laughs> Six years. Six long years. Long years. Cold years. Okay, perfect. So, as far as sort of the way that now, you, how long have you been here now? It'll be four years oh, four in years? October. Okay. Feels like longer. It does. Right? Yeah. Right. Is there anything that you guys, like, well, do you see the direction will stay pretty similar as far as like the, the way it's sort of going now or do you guys throw a, like a wrench in there and like switch it up it's hard to say Chris likes to pretend that uh, we all have a say but he pretty much told us what to do so fair enough to be up to Chris I ask nicely yeah yeah he asks what we think and he just does whatever he wants so. yeah I mean, fair enough. I read a book once about empowering people. Yeah. And he said to do that. Like, so. And how's that been working for you? I don't know. He's still here. Uh, I read a book once about empowering people, is also another good one. Yeah. We got a couple of brands that have a lot of potential, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like brands that started as limited. I would like to see us more. more. Yeah. A couple with, with a lot of potential, I think. Yeah, I think like big moves for us will be to put the black lager in a can. Ooh, that's right? zany. Yeah, woo! You know, it's... Something about cans are, uh, like cans are really... They're popular. Very popular now. Customers yeah. like them. Um, they're, it's a really convenient package. It's a good package. Well, they're way better than bottles, really. Like, technically speaking, they're... 
He better packaging material. Like technically, as far as like the oxygen and like yeah, like the light penetration. They don't break. They're lighter to transport. Like everything about them is better. Yeah, They're, it's a superior package. Right. Um, I kind of, the only downside to cans, in my opinion, is it's also a ubiquitous package. You're kind of everywhere. That's everybody's got one, and they feel, all look the same. Do you feel but, that if you put something like a beer that's so important to you guys, such as the black lager, into a can, would that affect? Maybe the, the, yeah. the brand of the black lager or the perception, do you think? No, I don't think so. I think that um, like our primary reason to do it would be for customer service. I mean, our customers want it. That they've actually asked you? Over and over and over again. Huh. So Why? it's for pool parties and I'm going camping oh. and I'm going to the park and I need something I can smash after and throw in a garbage can. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be poolside with kids and I don't want it to kids, kids don't drink, and then, you know, who cares about them, and I want broken glass, but uh, lots of really good reasons, they're transportable, um, yeah, I mean, it's a safer package, better shelf stability, it's a bit, it's a bit better serving size, honestly, and what is a little the, smaller, what are the current bottles, they six, six fifty, six fifty. okay, why did you guys choose that particular size? Well, we tried, so we've tried a couple of different bottle sizes, actually. It's a good question. So we thought about shareability. Mm -hmm. They can have a beer with somebody uh, else. That's true. It's like one each, it's like two pours. Yeah, it's two pours. It's two beers. Um, and then we thought, well, maybe it was too big because we've been getting a little bit of feedback about that. So we put it in a 500 ml bottle. And the, our public here, our, our customers here at the church, they didn't respond super well to that. They were like, oh, man, like, where's my extra 150? No, they just took the other one, the big one. <laughs> Oh, the little so one you, was in there, and they just left so it there. Oh, so you didn't cut the 650s? No, we kept them to try to run a little, uh, you know, parallel, I guess you call it a test. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. If we put it in a smaller bottle, will they buy it? And they didn't. <laughs> so, uh, and surprisingly, it hasn't really come up much since, but five years ago, the can wasn't as big a deal as it, as it is today, and now I think it's time just for... It's a customer service piece. Right. Um, people want to drink black lager and they want to drink it out of a can. So, so it is what it is. We should do that for them. Now, does this coincide with um, sort of the expansion of uh, the distro that you were talking about earlier? As far as now, I personally, I mean, I know we not live in Montreal, but I were in Ontario often. Yeah. I don't recall ever seeing the black lager in any LCBOs, at least in Toronto, that I can speak to. Mm -hmm. um, would would putting it in a can that sort of come alongside a bit of a push for a bit more distro or is that not even a concern as far as you guys are, uh, I think it the LCBO wants cans that's uh yeah yeah so um it would be an easier sell to the LCBO. And you'd probably be able to get in a few more places. Yeah the LCBO is saying well all right we'll take like two flats of cans Right. And they say, we don't do it in cans. And I say, okay, we'll take a case of bottles then, I guess. Uh, and and uh, we have a nice looking bottle. We'll continue to sell our beer in that format. Mm -hmm. But we'll also offer a can. A can as well. Yeah. Would you do the, the, would you can the rest of the ones that you bottle? I think we'll probably, hmm. we tend to run stuff on tests here. So we'll, we'll do the black lager first. We'll sell it here into some licensees. And if it goes really well, and the public responds to it the way uh, they say they will, right. then we'll explore other brands and, and 
getting more aggressive in that package type. Um, but we'll start with our black lager and, and go from there. And go from there, yeah. 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 And I mean, see how it goes. Yeah, right. Yeah. The customer will tell us. Yeah. They're very good at that. <laughs> they'll either they'll either respond really well and buy it, or they won't. In which case, we'll say, okay. Turns out, the people that really like black lager also really like it in bottles. Right. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case, but because they've actually said because they said they I wanted it in a can. Right. <laughs> So. It's gonna be interesting. Okay, cool. Um, let's go to the next one. All right. Uh, this guy. This guy is the golden ale. Golden. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Joe. Cheers. Is that what do you want to do? Do you want to do, do a selfie? Yes, I do. Look at that. You are just yeah. a, a host. You can yeah. think you're in hospitality. Or so, yeah, you would think. John will tell you otherwise. Apparently. I can't. Gentlemen. Um, now this is just cold golden ale. Well, now. Well, no. Hill 145. Hill, Hill 145. We did this as Hill 145. Oh, I like that. That's pretty easy to drink. So one of uh, one of the Gold friends man. of the company is is uh, mm. a really big patriot. And Meaning a Canadian proud patriot. Canadian. Proud Canadian, yeah. Do you know what? No one ever says that about anything but America. America, like it's, yeah, it's yeah. Just a, threw me off for a second. Well, the gentleman I'm talking about is a Canadian patriot. He's okay. proud of what we do here and, oh, yeah. and proud of our history. And, and <clears throat> some of that is our, our participation in the First and Second World War, and Hill 145 was part of that. So yeah. um, we did this beer for the 100-year anniversary of the liberation of Vimy Ridge. Uh, and some, some of this beer went to France. Oh yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, we've been brewing it since. And it's a really, it's a Canadian take on what we figure is a would have been a pretty 1911 Canadian ale. Right. So this is what would people would have been drinking back then. Yeah, but that's what we think anyway. Interesting. It's hard to research that kind of stuff. I guess it is. But it's got a little bit of spice to it. It's easy to drink. It's yeah. low alcohol, relatively. Relatively. Um, with like fours. Yeah. Yeah, it's four. Four percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something I always find interesting, I've seen it a few times lately. Um, I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and when I went back, I live here, but when I went back recently, I they are... Uh, Melbourne. It's great. Oh, yeah, we yeah. talked about four. Um, it's a cool city, right? Yeah. Very much like uh, Montreal. But all this trade, there's 800 billion golden ales. There. It's golden ales and then summer ales, which I, I didn't really know what the difference is. Yeah. Um, but I never saw that many out here. And I feel like this is like the second or third time I've said this to someone. Oh, I never see these out here. And I guess I'm starting to see them out here. They're coming along. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting style. Like, yeah. What? Okay, you know, maybe it's a good time to clarify it yeah. from either of you guys. What is the difference between a golden ale, say, and maybe like, I assume this is probably in the lug, uh, is it lug? It's an ale, so it's not lug, yeah. but it's more along that taste profile. Is it similar to a cream ale? John? Like, where does this sit? It's kind of an ambiguous style, honestly. Mm. Like a golden ale. It's sort of like when people say amber ale. Like it's almost like, like what it's even a, is that? it's an ale, but we're categorizing it basically on its color, right? Yeah. Um, so it's sort of a vague uh, type of beer, really. It can mean right. almost anything. Um, kind of like when someone says, uh, like saison. Like a saison can be can run a huge range of colors and flavor profiles tastes, yeah yeah um so or like farmhouse sales another one you know, it's one of those styles that really has a huge 
uh, get a lot of huge range. Yeah. Um, so I mean, really, I think what we're trying to do when we market the golden ale, like when we call it a golden ale, is to, is to try and get across that it's um, don't expect a lager. It's not going to be super like that clean, crisp, like very low profile, low flavor profile taste. Yeah. But it's going to be low on the spectrum as far as like as an ale goes. It's going to be light, light in color, uh, not a huge aftertaste. You know, it's not going to be big and hoppy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be easy to drink, right? Right. So I kind of think that's where we're where we're coming from, sort of when we decided we wanted to try and, and make it's it a gold nice ale. body. Yeah, it's got that nice biscuity or bready, excuse me, kind of thing. It's a little toasty. deeper than toasty. Yeah, it's yeah. a little deeper than a, than a lager. Yeah. Um, Use a lot of rye in it, which was again yeah. sort of a, that was like the Canadian spin we were trying to put on it when right. we first it's a bit made interpretive. it. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have picked that. That is the beer that. I guess I never thought about it, but I wouldn't have really thought that a golden ale would have been the beer that folks were drinking in. You know. Yeah, because back then it was just called ale. Right. So ale... It was beer. Right. This yeah. is what beer was. Right. So do you think this is more closer to the, more closer to the, the I guess, that I guess it's the import from England, like whatever British beers were drink. like what was... Well, way back of? then, in, in that time period, in... 1911, uh, the Molsons were serving in the armed forces, and right. Molsons Brewery was shipping ale right. by the boatload to Europe for Canadians and anybody else, right. for our servicemen and women that were in the field at that point in time. Right. And this would have been Probably. similar in style to what that was. This would have just been what people called beer. Right. And now, uh, you know, and then when prohibition hit and you end up with you know two or three breweries making all the beer then what constitutes beer becomes again very ubiquitous but a little bit different than this mm -hmm. you know and you basically get Labatt Blue or Molson Canadian and and here we are back again and you've kind of come full circle and right. now you have this thing called Gold Nail that's reborn it's right. new again but yeah. it's, it's not new no it's but new it's, to us yeah. and we could put a new spin on it like, I don't, do we ever find any really sound evidence that said, you know, that there was definitely rye in this beer back then? No, no, no recipes. From what I recall when we were developing it, it was just to, that was the way we decided to make it because we wanted sort of... A little spice. Make sure, well, and give it sort of a Canadian, yeah, a Canadian twist, right? Yeah, um, which is important. But what, yeah, what, what can you put in a beer that really says, like, it's Canadian? Pine, maple, yeah. maple, you know what I mean? Moose. Very, very strong flavors that we weren't really interested in in making something that flavorful, right? Yeah. Something that was going to be the flavor. Like you put maple in it, now it's a maple beer. You yeah, know what I mean? That's true. But right, it's not necessarily a rye beer. Yeah. Particularly it's like a portion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it gives it a little kick of spice. Yeah. It's there. That's where that's coming from? Yep. That's the rye. Yep. It's probably better. I don't know. Like, do, do you guys feel that it's like the. Like, Balance was a key word we've been talking about today. Yeah. Um, is it important to have balance with rye beer, with rye in beer? Yeah, the trick with rye, it's, it can be quite sticky when you're working with it in the brew house. So Everyone keeps saying that's the worst, apparently. Yeah. Um, you can't overdo If you're going to overdo it, then you have to be prepared to work with it right. um, in the brew house one way or another. Um, because, yeah, it's 
it holds moisture it's very sticky right. um so um right. like similar fun. similar to weed in a lot of respects when you're working with weed in the brew house the same it's along the same lines it can be very uh it can it can bog the brew the brew house down a little bit because of high protein content it's, it holds oh, a lot of moisture so. anything about flavor at all do you feel like the rye beer is if, if you did an old rye beer is that too much yeah, I mean, you'd ha- you'd have difficulties, um, even just like you you need a lot of that sugar enzyme content that you're getting from barley anyway. You, so you, you'd really you'd really want to just portion it in, but I mean, if you went up to even like fifty percent, um, you might see it's maybe too much rye flavor. But I mean, it really depends what you're going for, right? Why? Because if you if you're really driving that flavor and you get you're you know, you're balancing it out with, uh, with, with the rest of your recipe, mm. or with your hopping, or what have you, yeah. then you can make it work for sure. Mm. Okay. I had a maple rye, rye ale recently, and I never really thought about those two things being Canadian. I always think about the maple being Canadian, yep. and the rye didn't always, didn't always like, hit me. I'm like, I remember this thing was like mad boozy and uh, yeah. um, extremely sweet. Yeah. But I'm sure it was probably balanced. Yeah, right? Something like that. Um, what I want to do, we're going to do the lightning round. Because now it's going to take a bit longer. There's two of you. It's right. never a lightning round. It's a we call it the molasses round. It's supposed to be fast, but it goes slow. Yeah, it's more fun when it's slow. I yeah. like the long answers. All right. People have really interesting answers. This is okay. fun, and it's good that John takes a lot of brewing questions. All right, good. Um, but now just I'm going to be exposed for not knowing anything. <laughs> I knew okay. it was a mistake to come we'll talk to the today. boss and make sure Harriet he Watt is actually an online university, <laughs> and you can get your degree from there. Just by putting really 25 easy. cents wow. into you the never, machine. You never checked it. I didn't actually no, even go yeah. there. <laughs> I listened to a podcast that said that today, actually. They're like, do they actually? No one checks. When's the last time someone's like, can you please bring your diploma? <laughs> yeah, they the never check. Did you check? Did you check him? No. Are you going to now? I can do you know another question. When you had it's going to be your fault. That's true. Yeah, my fault? <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to be responsible for the black Investigative lager. Investigative reporting <laughs> or beer podcast? Hard to say. <laughs> That's uh, somewhere in the Shh. middle. To your interview, did you bring beer to the interview? Did you have an interview? Yes. Yeah. Did yeah. you bring... Someone said one time, I swear, they brought beer to an interview. To I've, be like, this is what I... I've known people to like bring homebrew to interviews before. Um, I actually don't homebrew, so... Um, He's all pro all the time. All pro. Yeah, well, it's... From the start. <laughs> To be honest, it's the last thing I want to do when I get home. Right, like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to drink it, but I'm not brewing again when I get home. Never. Um, but uh, we had beer at the interview. We had beer here. Of course. Yeah. And then we talked. We went to Ravine too, didn't we? But yeah, we did. See you, Ron. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. Bye, Carolee. Bye. But I, I didn't bring. I didn't bring my own beer. You did. Okay. Interesting. It's a good one. Um, what are we drinking now? We are drinking Dam Buster, okay. which is English bitters. Classic English, bitter. English bitter. Traditional. One might even say it's balanced. Trucky, what are you telling me? It's like a, it's like a sea salt. It's balanced. You should take a picture. You're handling this really well, Chris. It's like you've done it before. Or I Chris hates getting pictures taken of himself. <laughs> God, I look good today. Look at all my chins. Okay. Oh. All six of them. Yeah. My necks look yeah. amazing. <laughs> Give me an episode name. My necks look amazing. Dam Buster. So English bitter. 
We actually called that beer in the beginning Bang On Bitter. Oh, that's Remember very John British. John Downing? Yes. Guy who runs the college program? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So Back he's a British fella. And when we brewed this, that's what he said when he had it. This is Bang On Star like, This is Bang On. This yeah. is a proper English bitter. Mm. It's actually not at a bad temperature for drinking it right now either. It's in uh, the sun for a yeah, it's not minutes. cold. It's not supposed to be <laughs> yeah. cold. Um, and we called it Bang On Bitter, but the, the Ontario public wasn't ready at that time. They associate bitters not with the style, but with the flavor. Yeah, oh, I true. don't like bitter things. And then so we changed it to Dam Busters. Um, and it did much better. And it did much better? It's a very, stylistically speaking, it's it's an excellent, it might be one of our best beers. Um, but that's okay. just my opinion. Speaking of that, I actually forgot to ask. So yes. the thing about the Black Lager, like yeah. it's multiple award winning. That yeah. was what everybody told me about it. So I guess it's, it's World Beer Awards. It was specifically like much larger than like locally, right? Like yeah. it's We won at the World Beer Awards. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, we won See you for later. Canada. Thank you. See ya. Bye, Kels. Yeah, we won. We got a goal for Canada at that. Amazing. We got beat by some Brazilians. I don't know. Those cheeky Brazilians? I know. You never know what they're going to get up to. Yeah. So at one, do you want to brag? Let us know. Let us know. That one. beer has won everywhere we've entered it. Yep. Everywhere. Yeah, From we- like, we they had a brewing contest at the college where it won for a few years and then we stopped putting it in because we felt bad for the college students. And then it won at Ontario, it won at Canadians, it won at the US Beer Open. And then it won at the Worlds, and now we're doing some more global stuff. Amazing. So, Are yeah. you going to continue to enter it in contests? Yeah, we will. Yeah. Yep. Why not, right? John continues to make um, improvements, changes to that beer. Right. Um, to make it better and better and better all the time. And uh, I mean, I think it shows the way it's been received around the world. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah. More than like a lot of, uh, I don't know if a lot of people really always bother with the, I guess the world ones. I think it's just really, it's very cool to have that recognition and just to just to know. Like, I, don't know. Right, I knew this stuff was good, but like. How good is it? Know. And we felt when, with our black lager, mm. our, we use some kind of atypical ingredient styles in there mm-hmm. um, that give our beer a, a slightly different taste profile. And I wanted to, we were, I wanted to see. Like, I think it's awesome, but how yeah. awesome is it? Let's go find right. out. And it turns out that, you know. A lot of people feel the same. A lot of people feel the same way. We end up lumped into some pretty broad categories, like. Yeah, is there even a black logo no. category? No. So we try to enter into the U.S. Beer <clears throat> Open for two years, and there was no, they wouldn't accept our, our. Um, like application entrant right. entrance because there was no Schwarzbier category and they didn't know oh, where to put us Schwarzbier technically yes. so they put us into dark amber you know Eu- European dark amber loggers jeez and so I mean that's a huge gamut of of possibilities that's um, too broad yeah it's pretty broad and that's where we typically end up in those broad dark lager categories right and they're the uh, ones that are wins and we win anyway. right anyway yeah so i mean uh, yeah doesn't matter what category yeah just put it out there i'd love to find somewhere we have haven't done a lot of looking but just a schwartz beer contest i'd love to see how i, I mean i'd like to send it to germany to yeah, a schwartz right? beer yeah. contest and see what where it comes up there. How do we do stacked up against other Schwarzbier manufacturers? Hmm. 
It has to be something like that. You would think. The style went dead um, when they threw up the Berlin Wall. Um, nothing was coming out of Eastern Germany, and that's where the beer is born. Right. And then now, the Czech Republic does a really good job. Eastern Germany does a good job. There's a following in Japan of black lager, and then here. And then that's it. Yeah, I feel like I see there's a couple around. I know Bose does one, they call a Schwartz beer, but it's sort of almost like, I always forget that a black lager is a Schwartz beer. They don't always... They did yeah, dark. There's, there's a couple in Ontario, right? There's a few. Um, there's Napanee a, does one. Yeah, Napanee's going to say over yeah. eastern Ontario, Napanee, that's what I was thinking of. Um, Junction did one, Junction although I don't does think one. they're I doing think they it anymore. Do, do they? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, there's a pretty notable one out west, I think in BC somewhere won some awards. Quebec, obviously, like they Quebec make pretty does. great beier. So, um, Three Musketeers, I think, Eight made a pretty sin. good one. Yeah, it's had the skull on the can. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. That Mexican, the yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that exact Incan style. style. Yeah, yep. yep. Okay. So but the style is is gaining some recognition. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you feel like uh, you guys played a part in that out here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. That's great. It hasn't, uh, you know, we decided to take the hard, it's a hard road. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get into, if you want to sell lots of beer, then you sell easy drinking IPAs and novelty beers. Right. And that's, um, or, and that's the game that's already evolving. You know, that's where you say, you know what, uh, IPAs are by far the most popular style, and we're gonna go be a player in that game. Yeah. Or you say, we're gonna make Black Logger and we're gonna make a new game. Right. And we'll, for a while, be the only player, and we'll see who else can play with us. Mm, and like the Black Logger is no cup of tea to make either. It's, no. it's uh, and that's part of the challenge. That's part of the challenge that uh, I make John love. <laughs> Every day. I hope John loves. What did I say? <clears throat> Not what I said first. That sounds very dictatorial. <laughs> but you make him love it. Yeah, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> we absolutely will. We absolutely will. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can see Tiffany shaking her head. As, yeah. It's yeah. over. So I forgot yeah. to ask why Silversmith was the name from? My family background. Nice. We have been so Poncians, that's my last name, is actually a Ponchoon. Okay. Ponchoon is an awl that they use for piercing sheets of silver. Oh. Although not anymore, because nobody has any sheets of silver. No, I, I don't. We have, have any. been silversmiths since 1580. How's your silversmithing? Terrible. Terrible. But my drinking is, is awesome. On point. <laughs> I'm so, an amazing drinker. Yeah, I can tell right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So speaking of that, lightning round. Uh, what would be your guilty pleasure beer? A beer you would be afraid to admit to a fellow beer nerd that you enjoy. Oh, I live in Welland. I drink OV all the time. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Old Vienna. Oh, the Pilsner? Old Vienna Pilsner? Yeah. Sure. It's just a, you if know. If that's what you want to call it's a, it. Yeah. It's just a domestic, like, value brand you'd call it, right? The colorful thing with it? Uh, no, it's like a blue and... It's got a blue and red helmet can. on it. And, Ooh, uh, it's, it's a popular beer in Welland. Yeah. And if you play baseball or... Or curling or Go hockey. Any of those things. Any of those sporting. Yeah. yeah. It's over. Billiards, darts. <laughs> Breathing. Yeah. yeah. It's highly affordable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Do you have one? Stiegel Rattlers. Hey, I like Stiegel Rattlers. That's a good one. Wow. It's okay, grapefruit juice. It is. It's grape juice. That's fine. For kids. I don't give that to my kids. No. But it's... Often. It's all kinds of other irresponsible stuff, but, but yeah. not that Stiegel, Stiegel Rattlers. That's my guilty that's a, pleasure. That's a good answer. That's a yeah. good answer. Uh, the opposite. What would be a beer you would decline under any circumstances? Scotch ales. That's a common one. I don't like them either. I like mm. scotch ales. It's like drinking dirt. Yeah, it's so sweet and like, like drinking dirt. That's it's cold. It's savage. Yeah. Savage, Chris. Yeah. Jesus, relax, man. That's a that's a tough call. There's aren't there aren't too many beers that I would I would turn my nose up at if I yep. was offered it. John will drink anything. Um, the only beer I remember not being able to really drink was I can't remember what it was called. It was a German smoked beer. Oh, yeah, the Rausch beer sort of thing. And it was yeah. so smoked, it was so over the top. I like couldn't bacon. take it. Yeah. It was. It was almost almost like hammy almost. It was a very bizarre flavor. Yeah. And That's I couldn't, they couldn't do it. Hot dogs in the boil. <laughs> Not a bad German idea. hot dogs. Get a bratwurst. They call that beer Big Dog. All right, John, get, get in there. that? All right. No, don't steal it. This is Big Dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, no, don't you apologize. Okay. This is exactly what I feel. I, I used to make a beer called Big Dog Porter, actually. With hot dogs and, in and it? And Newstat. No. It was named after their dog because she was big. Imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> imagine it. <laughs> Pretty creative. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Big dog. Um, favorite beer style? Blackwater. Blackwater. It's a tough one, guys. It is a tough one. Now, when I say favorite, you could you could argue go to. Is also a, a synonym. Maybe like you go to an LCBO, you go in somewhere, you go to a brewery. And what, what are you looking for first? What's your like? Oh, I'm definitely gonna go for that. I like dark beers. Yeah. Yeah. We make a good one. Yeah. What's it called? So there's a drink black lager. The black lager. Black black lager. Yeah. Black lager. Black lager. So it's a lager that's dark. Yeah. Huh. But refreshingly light and crisp. Huh. The clean finish. Need to hear more about this. Yeah. I know where you can get it by the glassful. Really? Yes. It's like that. a fountain, if you will, Ooh. of amazingness. Fountain of amazingness. That's a good one. That's a good one, right? John? <laughs> well, I feel like I get to say black lager, bro. No. And John's not going to say black lager. Um... He's yeah, you make a beer enough and you start to hate it a little bit. Yeah. John, what? You can't... John, Jonathan. John, you're not editing the audio. <laughs> John loves to make it. He loves everything about it. He loves black lager. He loves working here. But he thinks it's the best beer ever. Um, I, like, I really like a... Uh, like the, the sort of true blue European Pilsners. Okay. Um, I mean, like, I could drink Pilsner and Kel, like, all day long. Beer's fabulous. Those beers um, aren't easy to make, though. They're mm. very difficult yeah. to make. It's deceptive. It might be part of the reason I like it. I like them is because they seem like they're easy because they're so straightforward. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're not super hoppy or... They don't seem know. complicated, but they yeah, get the they, characteristics. Yeah, they, they seem simple, but they're actually technically very difficult. Yeah. Um, I've always had a soft spot for um, California Commons great choice um i love 
uh, like Anchor Steam beers, yeah. fabulous beer. Um, I may also like oh. Anchor Steam. Yeah, it's good. No, I do. And I, I do buy that at the liquor store when I see it. You don't see it at every liquor store, so when I see it, I do. No, tend we have to buy it in it. Old Town. I buy it frequently. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good beer. It's a good beer. Do you know, I, I always th- I uh, I like to think of um, California Commons as an American ESB. Does yeah. That make sense. Because I'm not even really, I'm not into the malts, the super malty stuff, like, that much. But something about California Commons is just, like, so I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah? Like, something about, like, slightly fruitier or some little twist on it. I feel like it's, like, a twist on an ASB. Great choice. I feel like they're definitely underrated. Super yeah, underrated. it's they're a great they're a great style. Great, yeah. I, I really like them. One of you know one of the first like true <clears throat> American styles. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, opposite, least favorite. Doesn't mean you hate it and you never drink it, but maybe just like maybe the bud regular list. Can well, I say Scotch ales again? Yes, you can. Uh, then I'm like. going to. Good. Yeah. Bugger them. Get rid of them. Hmm. Barley wines, perhaps. Oh. I can't really, yeah, Bali wine to be mine. That's I, I, I typically shy away from, from higher alcohol mm. beers. Yeah. It's hard to hide alcohol. Like high alcohol content, it's difficult to hide it. Yeah. Um, you beers, that phenol alcohol beers that do heat. it are few yeah. and far between. But, um, <clears throat> so like Imperial Stouts, personally, have never really done it for me. Yeah. I like a stout most, I mean, like Guinness is under 5%, right? People sort of, they say, think Guinness is oh, a big heavy beer, but really it's not no. that big. It's a quite easy drinking beer. Yeah. And that's what stouts typically are. It's, they're more sessionable. Yeah. I've, I've never really got Imperial Stouts personally. It's like, here's a stout, except you can only have half as much because it's way half, stronger. Yeah. <laughs> half at best. It's yeah. a good question. Um, desert Island beer. So I'm stuck on a desert island. Can't leave. But they will give you the beer of your choice at the perfect temperature, exactly how you want it. What would you have? Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It's a good one. Classic. Game changer. What was it? Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I could drink that shit for days. It is. It's a, it's a game changer. Yeah, it is. It's a triple OG. That'd be a yeah, change. It probably beer as we know it. Yep. That was part of the 2005 trip. You got a lot of that. Yeah. I was like, what is this? And at the time, it was hoppy. Yeah, right now, it's a soft. Now, it's like, meh. But it is great, great beer. Great choice. And refreshing on an island. It is. It is. I would. they made a black lager. Sorry. a food substitute. But whatever. I would probably go with Pilsner and Kel. Nice. I could I could drink that beer probably Forever. every day until the end of time. I think. Can I make a roll? Right? <laughs> Very convincing. Beer trend predictions. What do you guys think is going to be uh, all the rage with the children next? That's tough to say. Yeah. Right. Sours are coming on strong. Yeah, sours are pretty popular. No. I think you're gonna start to see. You're gonna see more and more of that. And but I also don't think they have longevity. No. Do I think so? Sours, period, or maybe the sort of new, the new style, like say like the barrel age versus kettle sours. See a difference? No. No. Quite frankly. No. I think they're going to gain in popularity, and I think they're going to fade. Well, that's just my my guess is we'll probably see more kettle sours because they're easier and cheaper to make. Yeah. Um. So we, we probably will see them as the sours start to gain more and more traction. That's probably what you'll see more of. Okay. Um, as far as like 
the differences between how good one is versus the other. That's it's really a matter of taste, I guess, right? Yeah. But that's probably a pretty good guess as to what what the next sort of big trend is going to be. Right. Sour variants. Sour variants, yeah. That's what I think will be the next. Does that encompass uh, Berliners and Gozas and stuff, or is that more just... Well, if I had my way, we'd never see another Gosa ever, but... <laughs> Not a fan? Not a Gosa fan. <laughs> no? I actually might have to change my answer, but... Or style. That might be it. Goza? Damn, <laughs> no one said that before. That's a new one. <laughs> I don't mind Goza. I love them. Fantastic. But to each their own. That's the beauty yeah. of beer. Yeah. I'd like to see what you guys think. I had the, um, there's this um, brewery called Ritterguts. And there was like the, the one from like 1870s or whatever from Germany. And they had it at the LCBO not that long ago. So it was, and it was the, apparently the original Goza. So I was like, hell yeah. And it was great. I wasn't yeah. sure. It wasn't. It's tasting here exactly like. Yeah, it was actually the. It was the limited, the last limited edition brewed before I started, because it was on the bar. But I, I, like it was already in package when I started here. Okay. Would you do it again? No plans to anyway. No, we don't have a plan to. No. No. Okay. No No goes. I remember being well received. I seemed to like it. Yeah, people liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked it. It's on brand. It's not my go-to, but it's. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, favorite up-and-coming breweries? Like, do you have any friends or like just ones you've tried recently that are newish? Favorite up-and-coming? I don't know. High Road's pretty dynamite. That beer's great. Yeah, I agree. Like Bronin? Yeah. yeah. I still haven't had that. I keep hearing about it. Do we have any on top? No, there were two Fairweathers on. Fairweather. Just tap, so. We carry it here. Those guys are right? dynamite. Yeah. Bronin? Nice. You guys at High Road? Okay. Fairweather's also pretty good. Yeah, Fairweather's great. I met <laughs> they Dan make recently. lots of good beers. Yeah. Man, mess around. Hamilton's got some stuff. Hamilton's a good place right now. But I think in terms of capacity and capability, yep. High Road. High Road. Has more depth than Fairweather, in my opinion. Fairweather makes great beers, but they don't have the skill and depth that, that High Road does. Do they have a, a facility? Or are they sort of contracting right now? I wrote still contract, yeah. Still contract for now? Yeah. And they've only done the two brands, the Pale Ale and then the IPA, yeah. which just limits them. Yeah. Mostly just because of ability, like availability of space, right? The and IPA has been so well received that that's what they make they all have the time. They pump it out. Yeah. They can't make enough of that stuff. We sell uh, it out. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. well deserved. Yeah. It's a fantastic IPA. It won uh, Best IPA in Ontario last year I think which is yeah. the first time in years that Great Lakes didn't win it <laughs> wow yeah okay it's an yeah. awesome beer if you get okay. a chance if you yeah. can find it yeah, Iggy's like... has it lots yeah it, I had a pint of it at Iggy's last week actually yeah so it's around okay it's yeah. around um favorite beer city destination or country somewhere you like to go for beer since I opened the brewery I haven't left Virgil so I don't get out much these days. No. Do you, I hear that uh, all the time. I it went, sucks. When I lived over in Scotland, I, um, a few of us, we went over, did a little tour around, hitting breweries and like that. Yeah. And Belgium was Belgium's phenomenal. Yeah. It was a blast. Lots of bars that, I mean, they got tons of breweries, lots of cool stuff to drink, and bars that just have so much choice you don't have to drink the same beer twice it's awesome yeah and the the people who like the servers over there they know the are mind-blowing <laughs> like they could have 
hundred beers on tap and they tell you about every one of them, no problem. Jeez. Like it's great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so many good things about that. Speaking of that, my co-host Scott, he's in uh, Scotland right now. Do you have any specific breweries he's in Glasgow and Where should Scott go? Edinburgh? Where should Scott go? I'm going to have to text him because clearly he's not going to hear this. Um, time. Let me think. You can tell me after, yeah, because I can like leave that with you. Yeah, Bellhaven's jumps to mind. Bellhaven, yeah, I've had some of their stuff. That, that's I mean, Innocent Gun, the big one. Brute yeah, Innocent, Innocent Gun's Dog. cool. It's a pretty, uh, like, I mean, you, know, you see a couple, only a couple of their brands over here, really. Um, yeah. But they're... Uh, Everything I've had from them is really good. Yeah, I they always... They make good beer. I haven't had yeah, them in quite a while, quality. but they're smooth. pretty yeah. nice. Um, I looked it up for him, but I couldn't find anything, like, that blew my mind. There was, like, a top list of breweries and... Between Edinburgh and Glasgow, but we'll come back to that one. Okay. Um, so, favorite be underrated style or brewery, city or country. Just something underrated. Maybe if you put dark malt in a lager. We're underrated for sure. <laughs> I like that. Why do you think that is? It's shameless. shameless. It is shameless. I don't care. It's okay. I well, don't care. It's a shameless <laughs> plug. This is kind of the whole point. This is your platform. Yeah. This is all you. I think that we've got, I think Black Lager is an incredible style. And I think what is so incredible about it is that it is absolutely not what you're expecting. Yeah. And I think that's why it's underrated. People think that they're going to get something, you know, where they have that perception of heavy, stouty, bitter, long after, and you just don't get any of that. Yeah. And I think that as we start to, you know, get out in Niagara and into other communities we're just going to keep seeing more and more and more of that. and that's what yeah, that's, I'm excited about that we get to build a new market yeah. which is I, I, you know we get to blow people's minds and I think it's I think that's cool. a lot of fun Yeah. in beer where people are like oh there's all these breweries cropping up and all this competition and beer's been done to death and it's like well yeah except, except we have a black one that tastes like a yellow one with more flavor and more it's got more going on, but crystal clean finish. And I, I think it's us. But I like that. I maybe I'm a little biased because I lived there, but I think Scotland's pretty underrated beer country. Mm. I love drinking yeah. Scottish beers, and it does get overshadowed not only because they're known for whiskey, but because they're like England's right next door to them. Right. England's yeah. pretty well known for making beer. beer. Right, yeah. um, but there are a lot, a lot of really great Scottish beers, and they. They just have a lot of really good, like straight ahead styles. They they kind of make stuff that's pretty, like not too wild or anything typically, mm-hmm. but pretty. Lots, of, lots of really good quality beers here. Okay, that's really good because I would definitely say Scotland. I don't really think about them that much when I think of beer. No, you don't. Really, right? That's true. Um, best beer you ever drank in your life? Often situational. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. Las Vegas, 2005. Yeah. First, the first one you cracked? Yeah. Cracked that, and you're like, what is this yeah. goodness? What happened? Where have I been? What's wrong with us in Canada? That's that's. That, that's what happened. Yeah. And you fixed that. I fixed that. Well, well we're on our way. Contributing. Yeah. yeah. Did you have the best one ever? That, oh, uh, that's a tough one. I know, right? I have my moment. You have a moment? No, yeah, I have my moment. That's my moment in That's time. That's the main key I remember one? it, yeah. I like that. That green can and the stun. Oh, why? What is yeah. this? Yeah. I don't have one either. Like, I can't even think of one particular moment. Like, what is this? 
can come back. I, to yeah, it. honestly, I think probably all the moments I'm thinking of are are less so like a eureka moment, like having a particular beer or style of beer that I've never had before, but more just like one of those moments when you need a beer or somebody's gonna die, and when you have it, you're, you're just like, this beer is amazing. And it's less about the beer than just about the state of mind. That you're from in situation. The moment, yeah, exactly. That works. Um, favorite beer of all time? I like, I like the thinking, I like that pregnant pause, as they say. Favorite beer of all know, time. Right? <laughs> Potentially, maybe one that just has you have a soft spot for. Anchor Steam. Anchor Steam? When yeah. I go to the Lake Bow, I buy Anchor Steam. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go on a limb here a little bit because this is a beer that I used to drink when I was, you know, 20. Um, and they don't. And they don't make it, and they don't make it anymore. But it was Sleemanstein. Oh, they did their own version of it. Yeah, yeah, and they stopped. From what I understood, they stopped making it because it was called Sleemanstein, and Anchor Owns sort of said, "You can't make that anymore, or you can't call it that anymore because that's our name." Um, and they scrapped the brand, more or less, from what I recall. The name. I guess I remember talking to people at Sleeman about this, and they it sort of indicated it wasn't a great seller, so they just decided to get rid of it. But Not worth I, the I mean, I remember loving that beer. I have no idea how good it actually was because it's years and years since I've had it, and yeah. I was just a kid really when I when I know I liked it. But I remember being real disappointed when they said that they were discontinuing yeah. that beer. What? No. I guess it doesn't happen. Maybe it happens more and more. I was gonna say it doesn't happen much anymore, but I guess it happens more. Because maybe you go to a brewery and you'll try a seasonal or a one-off, and you know there's like five kegs of the thing. Yeah. So I guess you get used to that disappointment. Yeah. So it's less. It doesn't hit you as hard. Whereas back then, that would have been like world crushing. Yeah. I mean, you, there's a beer. You go to the beer store and buy it. You know, buy the case. Like no right. problem, right? And all, all of a sudden, sudden, they take it away from you. Tear your heart out. Tear your heart out. Uh, first beer you ever brewed, that would be to uh, you, sir, I guess. Unless yeah. you brewed. No, I haven't. You just watched. Yeah. I spectate. Counts. Sometimes I cheer. <laughs> Pour in the grain, John. Pour it in. It's looking good, boys. Everyone's <laughs> doing a great job. I'll bring the refreshments. Huh? Yeah. And then I'd leave and I don't come back. <laughs> it takes so long. I'm pretty sure the first beer I ever brewed commercially was, um, well, it would, would have been in Neustadt, uh, 10W30, English Brown Ale. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, and that was our flagship up there, and I brewed a lot of that beer. And I'm pretty sure that was the first one that I brewed. Like, like, and homebrew? Actually. Like, first brew ever, ever. Um, well, I, I never homebrewed, so oh, it would have it would have yes. been a school brew, and honestly, I can't. I can't remember what we would have been doing because I mean, you brew so many different things. Yeah, it's really like what yeah on the little pilot right? systems, yeah, it's, yeah. But as an actual, like, real job, yeah, that's 10, a good one. 10W30. So that's yeah. a good one. That's a good answer. Um, uh, death Row beer slash meal pairing. So now your final beer, and what would you pair that with? Alright. Hitting you with the big ones today, fellas. Tuesday, it's hot. Some of my favorite answers were uh, people said like Imperial Stout and Oysters. I thought that was interesting. I've never done that before, so I don't know if it was good, but I have I'm, a going, I'm going surf and turf. Ooh, okay. All right. To eat. 
Okay. And then I'm thinking about what I'm going to have with it. Could it be a, a lager that would be like a duck? <laughs> Maybe. I'm, like I'm a duck the row. <laughs> I'll have one of what I have every day, please. <laughs> I would hate to blow my record. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe even Schmay. He's on pretty serious. Wrap it up. Trappist beer, maybe. Well, Trappist? I, I know they're unusual and rare. Yeah, and something like, hard to get, just yeah. to screw with death row a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Go get yeah, me, yeah. A, get me a West Fleeter in, please. Yeah. I want the 12, but I want it from 2013. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to show up at the church to get that. Well, you better get going then. Because yeah. <laughs> be I've, only, I've only got a week. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah. Boy, that's a pretty tough call. Yeah. Um, just tough. just for a diff, I guess just for a sake of variety, for a different answer maybe. Um, I love haggis. It is amazing. Wow. That's a strange. That's a strange sentence. I love mm. it. Um, <laughs> he ate it all the time when I lived in Scotland. It's great. Somebody has to eat it. Yeah, sure. And since I haven't had like any real good haggis in a long time. That's yeah. your death row haggis. Well, I just don't want to just say steak. Or, you know, something like that. Steak, a really good steak. Um, Haggis is an interesting they had to, They had to go to Scotland to get it, and it probably worked the choice. That's true. All right, so the Haggis and? And there was a beer that we carried over there at the bar I worked at. I'm pretty sure it was called, the brewery was called North Winds. Okay. And that beer with Haggis was amazing. Oh. I can't, don't quote me on the name of that brewery. I must have loved it that much because I can't remember what it was called. <sighs> But it was really good. I'm pretty sure it was so North Winds or Trade Winds or something like that. It might something have been Trade Winds. Something, something with the wind. Yeah. If I Google yeah. it, I'm sure okay. I can find yeah. it. But wind. that beer, because we had haggis at the bar I worked at, and it together they were awesome. Okay. I still never had haggis. It just didn't really appeal the whole stomach lining and the... Uh, they gave it a shot. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, I'll tell Scott to get in it. Yeah. Um, right? Favorite and least favorite style to brew? John? Rye, maybe. I don't like making wheat beer all that much. You know what? Actually, the wheat beer is easier to make than the golden is, to be honest. Of the beers that we make here, the golden's the most difficult and the longest day. Um, I like the beer, so that sort of takes the pain away a little bit. But nice. um, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Really? A few weeks the, honestly, the, the, <laughs> the easiest one to brew is probably the Dan Buster, okay. the English Pale Ale just generally short process times and it's the most forgiving I would say stylistically okay so that that would probably be the one I like to do the most okay and then the worst beer you've ever made mm. it can't be from here yeah of course it'd be bad yeah he's in a good mood today so what I made here that was a bit really sticks out nothing see nothing Everything we make is magnificent. Magnificent. Everything we make is magnificent. Flawless every time. time. That's our new company motto. Tell people meet me. (laughs) It was super popular. We didn't make it this year, but it was super popular. However, oyster stout. Oyster stout. Never never cared for that beer. I don't care for the flavor of oysters. 
That beer was super popular. Very popular. People I really liked why. it. Oh, this is also weirdly nice. Yeah. But it's that, a not, weird not my style. cup of tea. Okay. Yeah. But still, Westby, you've ever made still? You think that's the one? For my personal taste? Good. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes people say something like something that they dumped in the end. Oh, yeah. We almost have... don't count those. <laughs> That's they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. they never made it anywhere, yeah. so they're yeah. so like whatever. Just it's like it never happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what music do you listen to when you brew? Classic rock. Yeah, Dale's around metal. Death metal. <clears throat> Death metal. It's a good one. The geese love it. One of yeah. One of oh, yeah. one yeah, of our guys. Good for the black lag again. Brewery loves it. Death metal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of metal that goes on in there. Metal. I I personally. Just, Classic rock, classic rock, classic rock. Perfect. Last question. What's your favorite hop that applies to everybody? Like Citra. Citra's a good one. Classic. Yeah. I mean, is it really classic? It's North American classic, right? Nothing crazy. Hey, it's fantastic. Fun, tasty. Can't make a bad beer with it. Yeah. It's impossible. I think it's responsible for the craft beer revolution in America. I I guess that would probably be part of uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. I'm gonna say Galaxy. Ooh, Galaxy. My people. Hey? Yeah. Okay. I feel yeah. like Galaxy. Yeah, it does I just really, like it. I really like the flavor profile of yeah. it. Yeah. Huh. And I've it's made some nice um, beers with it. It's always worked out nicely every time I've used it. It's a great hop. It's, it's something that I only learned recently how overpowering it is. Like how much it just like takes over. If I know a beer, I'm like I can taste the beer straight away. That's one of the few hops I can say, Oh, that's 100 Galaxy. Like. I think that's mosaic. I think that's citra, but I know that is galaxy everything. It's uh, and it's expensive, I guess. I think, right? Yeah, and can be difficult to get a hold of too. Yeah, which is annoying. Do you guys have many problems with that? Just securing good hops and stuff, whatever you need. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they seem to cycle through. Every time is when you can't get a hold of galaxy, but you can get a hold of mosaic, for example, or right. and then next year it could be flip flopped. Right. Everyone's buying mosaic now, but all of a sudden galaxy's available can't get Simcoe or you can't get Citra yeah. one year and then you get a phone call from somebody oh I've got 40 kilos of Simcoe on my contract right. no, uh, I like, can't use it all do you yeah. want it yeah. so it sort Hops of does a funny cycles around like yeah. that it's always interesting to hear about how that kind of works and how it interplays and like people are just like either calling other breweries like yo you got any whatever yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I think it's, it's very cool. underground. Yeah, right. Feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like a little black market. Yeah. How is uh, the scene out in Niagara on the lake specifically now that you guys are the OGs and you've got a bunch of other breweries that sort of popped up in the last few years? Yeah. How has that been? How do you guys feel? Have you seen it, seen it grow? Are you friendly with the other breweries around? Yeah. yeah everything's yeah. cool. Yeah. Satisfied with the way that it's sort of moving. Yeah, I would say, because us and us were pretty much the same us time, Us and us right? were right around the same time. Okay. And then we've got Exchange, and yeah. uh, they've come in, they do a great job. Their brewer, Sam Max mm-hmm. Power, does a great job. And they're heading, you know, they're, I think, spearheading the sour kind of movement nice. in Niagara, anyway. Sort of his specialty is yeah. those kind of beers. Yeah, okay. yeah and we don't play really in that market, stuff. really, at all. And so keeps it kind of like yeah, distinct a bit yeah and we're all kind of doing our own thing and Ost is doing their farmhouse sales and we are doing black lager and and you know you got brimstone down in Fort Erie and they're doing other stuff so yeah break wall in Port Colborne now and yeah Lock Street Lock Street oh yeah they're out this way I think the more the merrier yeah to be honest with you yeah yeah 
Yep. Which is weird, right? It still strikes me so strange. This beer is one of the few industries where it's like, yeah, yeah. We're cool and like, yeah, cool. Another brewery's opening up. I'm not like worried. It's like sick. Yeah, because we've got so, I mean, when you look at the, the how big the beer market is and how little craft has of it. Yeah. You know, we're like six or seven percent now. The other 93 percent is Molson's and Bud right. and whatever. Like, the more we bring on, the rising tide's going to float all the boats. And so, the more the merrier. Yeah. That's what I think. I like that a lot. Especially locally like this. I mean, people are now coming on brewery tours. That was unheard of to just two, yeah, three years that's, ago. That's yeah. a big thing is that it, there's enough people, enough breweries down here now that it attracts tourists who are coming specifically for the brewery destination. Yeah. It's, we're not just getting wine tourism yeah. overflow. You know what I mean? So it's cool to see that. that. I think that's really special. exciting. You, would you agree with the sentence, beer is the new wine? No. No. I know I've sort of heard that as a I think that we've got as a saying, but Yeah. I think beer has it's getting there. Definitely. more to offer than wine. Okay. Uh in a and it offers it in a way that's way more accessible. Mm-hmm. So wine has always come with like a degree of pretentiousness. And we don't have that in beer. Yeah. And we can do anything we want. Um and they can't. Right. And so I think when it comes to, you know, complementing and pairing with food and, and being able to experiment and being able to, you know, um, meet a lot of different people where they're at, I think that we just have more to offer. Right. And I think that beer is every bit as sophisticated as wine. Um, we just don't have that reputation, and yeah. so we just don't we just don't have any of that um, pretentiousness and that pretentious baggage to go with it. You can still enjoy something really sophisticated and complicated and hard to make, and you don't feel like you got to read a book or take some notes, and you don't feel like an ass when you order it wrong and yeah. things like that. And so I think uh, you know, beer and wine both have a spot on the table. I think. Um, but are we going to overtake wine in terms of, of um, all of the baggage that goes along with it? I'm not sure we want to. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we uh, We don't. Um, we want that accessibility and approachability. And, you know, beer historically is, I mean, you go back, it's the drink of kings. Yeah. And then ales and everything else is what everybody drank. And right. so... Um, supposed to be that way okay yeah. it's finally getting its shine yeah is it even cooler to see it getting they've let us out yeah. they've let us loose right oh, you know and it was a, it was the government move. and law and the way that things got structured that just <clears> can <throat> find what what yeah. we were able to do and now that we're out of the box now that we're loose you're starting to see all kinds of great stuff yeah and, and why never cool. had those those constraints in the same way you know yeah um that's true so it's even cooler to see it in an area like this that has been dominated by wine that yeah. is traditionally a wine area and then the people are coming to a wine area yep. to go on brewery tours is uh, very indicative of where this is going yeah every single day here someone will say oh we just needed a break from wine <laughs> yeah and I think they mean that on multiple levels like I'm literally wined out yeah I too much wine in my mouth 
And also, like, I've had too much glass whirling and hoity-toity, and I just want to sit down and have a beer. Yeah. You know? Just chill out. Yeah. We went to a... We go to Kube every year, that big wine celebration and awards that get held at the casino ballroom. Mm-hmm. And on one side, they've got all the food and wine awards and everything going on, and there's a big curtain, and on the other side is the after party. And it's the perfect... I think representation of the difference the way people think about beer and wine so on one side everyone's shirts and ties and suits and vests and everything else and they get the rewards and they cheers one another and there's you know it's it's all very formal Mm -hmm. and then they thank everybody for coming and please join us on the dance floor and we're gonna rock out now until two and we get great food and wine and literally as they go through the the curtain jackets come off the ties the girls taking off the heels everybody just hard oh, i need beer right and and that's when the party starts right and and that's the difference it's sort of like over here we've created this button down kind of thing and, and where you know there's a lot of pretense and then on the other side it's like people dancing barefoot and having a good time and trying different beers and it's just a different totally different vibe vibe, all in the same room right so it's a really neat I think for me that's always been a really neat image of the difference right and these are people who make the stuff right you know so interesting I guess it just shows the they both like you said they both have a place at the table absolutely wine has that place and beer has that place and that seems to sum it up pretty well yep I love it um was there anything else we needed to cover that you feel like we nailed uh most of the stuff anything else we want to add not for good? me. Yeah. Feeling good? Where yeah. can everybody find you online? Are you familiar? How do they find us online? Yeah, what's the best place? Instagram, website, Facebook? Instagram. Do you know what Instagram it is? and Facebook are our big yep. shticks. Kate knows more about that. Check us she out does. at silversmithbrewing.com. There you go. That's the best way? Yep. Perfect. Uh, boys, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. That was hilarious. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, guys, thank you for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below and hit the notification bell, ding, so you know when the next videos are. Uh, follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like this here uh, talk about beer and other resources. And, and hilarious. Yeah. At, rather with you. Rather with you. Rather with you. <laughs> uh, that is it. Thank you again, fellas. Our Cheers. Pleasure.